Blog Talk Radio. This is Brian Tarvin, your host of Way In Sports Talk. Glad you could join us at this unscheduled time, really, but it's either do it at 5 Eastern or not at all, and I wasn't going to miss this show tonight. Jonathan should be with us shortly. Hopefully, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, could possibly be with us tonight. And we're going to talk a lot of NFL and college football. Surprise, surprise. A lot has transpired over the weekend. A lot of college football shakeup. The we're going to talk Ohio State and the Big Ten. What does the Ohio State loss mean for the Big Ten and the playoff picture in general? We're going to talk about Joe Flacco's torn ACL. What does that mean for the Ravens? And tonight's really going to be about trashing teams, teams that don't belong. We're going to talk about the the mighty SEC conference that that looked just terrible this year. We're going to definitely be talking about that. We're going to talk about the Oregon Ducks. What a what a difference having their quarterback makes. What just play the game? What if? What if Oregon Burn Adams never got injured, never missed a game? Where would they be right now? But they're not even playing for the Pac-12 championship yet. They're the best team in the Pac-12 at the moment. A lot to talk about today in the NFL. Cam Newton. We're going to talk about his five touchdown passes, four in the first half. Just an amazing game from Cam Newton went over. I think he has 102 touchdowns passing in his career. That's not to, to count all the rushing touchdowns. But the Carolina Panthers improved to 10-0. and And, man, just when you think you know something about college football, you really find out you really don't know. And now it's starting to get, like I said this last show, it's starting to get to the time where teams tighten up, where the pressure starts getting real. Just ask Oklahoma State last night at home. Baylor came in and kicked the crap out of them. All of a sudden, they're they're up there in the top five, and the pressure gets tight with just two games to go, and they choke. Urban Meyer and Ohio State played the first-ranked team of the season last night, a 14-point favorite at home, choke it away. And, and how can I go a show without talking about how bad? Look, I'm an Auburn fan. I get it. We're, we've lost five games. But, Jonathan, how bad is the Florida Gators right now? I mean, I know Auburn's six and five, nothing to be really proud of, but I think Auburn would dust Florida right now. Yeah, no, Florida's been – they were dreadful yesterday. Offensively, it was uh, it was a nightmare for them. Uh, Treon was just – downright awful up until the fourth quarter. And it got to a point where Florida fans are screaming for a new quarterback. And the response, I don't know if you saw it from the from the Gators' Twitter account, was, who? <laughs> who do you want us to put in? I mean, it, it, it was it was pretty pitiful. Um, I feel, I'm feeling really confident going into Saturday now because that, that performance was just that – was, that was bad. You that, I don't know how they only have one loss. You should. I, and I'll tell you why. They, they had a quarterback on steroids that that performed over his head, you know, and, and it happened. They 
they got hot at the right time, and really that went over that loss over LSU. And um, we're going to talk a lot about the SEC tonight. I know and the ACC as well. But but Jonathan, could I? You know, everybody's talking about the Iron Bowl this weekend, and there it's a foregone conclusion that Alabama is going to be playing Florida in the SEC championship. But if I told you, and you know, I'm I'm an SEC guy, but what if I told you that the SEC wasn't just that wasn't that good this year? You've seen what's that what's happened to LSU. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Auburn, just name it. How good is Alabama really? Have they played someone to convince you that, hey, they're a, they're a playoff team? It's a, there's no doubt they're in the playoff. Or am I just looking at it the wrong way? I mean, lo- looking at it, I, I would agree the SEC is down. Especially the SEC East is a complete joke. Um I mean, Tennessee should have run away with that. Looking at it, I mean, honestly, I think Tennessee's the most complete team out of any team on the side, and yet because of some bad, you know, just some poor end-of-the-game play, you know, they're they're not going to have their shot at Bama again. Looking at the SEC West, I mean, Ole Miss's defense is atrocious. Arkansas's defense is atrocious. Mississippi State, they just come off as average. LSU's offense has imploded. And, and not for nothing, but Bama can't really throw the football. That's a running football team. So if they go up against somebody who can actually stack the box and make them throw, they're in a world of hurt. So I, I, I would agree. I'd say the SEC does seem like it's down this year. Um, they just it, is. it just doesn't seem right. The whole conference just does not seem right. I mean, Auburn struggled. Kentucky and Vanderbilt continue their non-existent ways. And it just, you know, A&M looks dreadful. I mean, they were caught and then just fell off again. So, I mean, where, where am I supposed to look at that team and go, oh, wow, I'm scared of that team? Oh, none of those teams scare me. No, I mean, that's, and that's the thing. Like, all of a sudden, and, I, and, and I'm one of those people that I'm like, look, especially rivalry week, anything can happen. And Auburn's got just enough moxie, just enough talent on that team at home to beat Alabama. I mean, you know, you're six and five. You 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 haven't met your expectations, but all of a sudden you play one complete game. You could beat Alabama. People are acting like this Alabama team should be in the NFL, and I'm like, hold on just a second. Let's let's just review the schedule a little bit. Yeah, they have looked good, but I'm just what I'm trying to say. Do I think Alabama's the best team in the country? Yeah, probably they are. But what I'm trying to get people to look at is let's just see who they play, who they beat, and what those teams look like. The SEC East, South Carolina loses to the Citadel. They get outrushed by 300 yards yesterday. Georgia beats Georgia Southern in Athens in overtime. Florida should have lost to Florida Atlantic. The rest screwed Florida Atlantic in that game. Tennessee, the only team that, that won out of the East yesterday that looked good. I mean, they didn't really look good. They they kicked a lot of field goals. Vanderbilt gets shut out by a terrible Texas A&M team. And my thought is, you know, everybody's talking about Alabama's in the, in the playoff. Well, hold on just a second, you know. Let's just let rivalry week play out because you're right. Alabama, they're not a, really a passing team. And with Drake being out, that's why I'm just trying to tell people, hold on just a second. This Auburn front four is pretty physical. They're getting better. The linebackers are, are seniors, and they have a five-star sophomore in there with them. So, Jonathan, I mean, I'm just trying to let people know, don't overlook Auburn. I know I'm an Auburn fan in general, but it's just funny. I see college football every year. How many times in the last couple of weeks do these teams lose? And you're like, wow. And then all of a sudden some team comes from number eight 
all the way up to the top because people choke the last couple of weeks. I mean, I'm I'm just not a big believer in Coker right now. Maybe I'm wrong. He may prove me wrong, but he's going to have to show me he can beat somebody through the air because I don't think Auburn's going to let him just run down their throat. And I agree. I don't think Auburn is going to let him run the ball right, right, you know, just right up between the tackles. And that's the big thing with Alabama is they don't really – they don't stretch run. You know, they're, they don't force you to go wide. They don't force you to go sideline to sideline. As long as you contain Henry, you know, in, in, you know, in between the tackles, they ain't going to do much. So, I, whether that's coming out with a five-man front, whether that's just making sure your linebackers are stacked up, however it is, you know, you can get it done. It's not like he's just, you know, ungodly beast. I mean, Henry's reminded me of Trent Richardson from the aspect of, you know, the offensive line just hoping his hole is large enough for semis to run through. And, you know, he and yeah. people are making out to be that he's doing all these wonderful, great things. He's not. He's getting he's getting seven, eight, ten yards ahead steam up the middle before anybody touches him. And as soon as a good, a good defensive front goes up against him, he's going to have he's gonna struggle. He's going to have an off game, and people are going to stop talking about how great and wonderful he is. And that that's what we, you know, you've got to have Coca throw that football. He's got to throw that. As much as people bashed on Blake Sims last year. He did a wonderful job getting that offense spread out. And Coburn has been able to do that this year. That's a very good point. He, he did. And he, he made you – they could run the ball because, guess what, they had a guy named Amari Cooper out there that the quarterback could get the ball to. So it's just interesting to see. We saw it yesterday in Michigan State. We'll talk about college more later. Let's get into the NFL, your boy Jameis Winston, with a huge day today. Tampa's 5-5. Five and five. Are you – are you surprised right now that they're five and five with a rookie quarterback, Jameis and Cam, both today with five touchdown passes? It's uh, very impressive wins by both teams. Uh, am I surprised? Yeah, I will. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm, I'm a Bucs fan, but at this point, you know, they've let me down so many times, and it's just every year there's this potential, and they just fall flat in their face, and it's just got to be a little cynical. And the fact that we're five and five right now speaks a lot, and it really a lot of it. When we choked that Washington game away, I feel like that really turned the team around. And I mean, this is a team right now that we're looking at making a playoff push, and that impresses me. Jameis has done a wonderful job, and you know, I'm still, I, you know, they, they went missing, but where's the group of Bucks fans that told me we should have taken Mariota? And where'd y'all go? <laughs> I mean, I, I miss you. Come back, you know, because last time I checked, Mariota's got what two wins, three wins, and we're five and five. Jameis is playing great. He's gotten over his rookie jitters, it seems, and he's not turning the ball over like he was. You know, and Vincent Jackson's back today, and that was huge. People forgot that we didn't have Vincent in the past month. You know, Austin Perry and Jenkins is back, and that's been huge. Doug Martin looks like Doug Martin old. I mean, this Bucks team is turning it around, and in all reality, doesn't start with Jameis. It starts with that offensive line. That offensive line is playing out of their mind right now. I'm incredibly impressed by the progression of Donovan Smith and Ali Marfat. Those guys have been playing so well for us. Mm-hmm. They go on the road and beat a, 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 a potential playoff team in Philadelphia. They run for 235, and they pass for 246. I mean, the main thing is I see Winston, the balance that this offense has, the defense played well. But not turning the ball over really helps a young quarterback. And 19 of 29, 246, five touchdowns. You have to be impressed. 
with that. And you never know. This kid's a winner. He That's all he's ever done in his life. And he reminds me of Cam Newton a lot, Jonathan, just the way he, he's cocky a little bit. You know, he's, he has some swag. And he doesn't really care what you think. And he's a winner. And Tampa's buying into it. They finally have it. It goes to show you, you get a quarterback, not only just in college, NFL, whatever, you can have a chance to win. Look at Tampa now. They have a quarterback. They're winning football games. Carolina, they have a quarterback. They're winning football games. So, yeah, Mariota is not the choice. Uh, and, and we talked about this a lot when the draft was going on, that, that Winston's going to be the better NFL quarterback. No doubt about that. I mean, he's showing it right now in the uh, – how bad are the Atlanta Falcons? I just have to throw that out there. Jab at the Falcons fans. You, you're at home, and you, you get outscored ten to nothing in the fourth quarter to lose twenty-four to twenty-one. You lose to an Andrew Luckless team, Johnson. I mean, what's going on in Atlanta? My God, uh, that team is just completely falling apart. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's Matt Ryan. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I, it, might, it might be a mixture of both. It's just been a complete, utter mess. Uh, you know, they started the year on fire, and you look at it, it's like, well, they've been, they beat bad teams. They weren't beating mm-hmm. good, you know, it's not like they were out there beating Carolina and beating Green Bay. I mean, you beat uh, Romo less Dallas, you know, and it's just, you know, you beat San Francisco, big look. You know, this defense, I feel bad because people are going to try and pin the loss on the defense. That defense is playing well. I mean, they're playing a lot better than they have in the previous years. It's just they get left out there to dry so many times. You only put a defense in a pressure situation so many times where they crack. It doesn't matter who it is. And that's just a problem they have right now. Because offense, when it matters most, is falling apart. And, and Matty Ice is turning, I, I mean, he's ice cold. And he, he's not getting anything done right. Devontae Freeman getting knocked out today didn't help. But they had they able to utilize Devontae Freeman the, past, the previous two games. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that this is all coming back to the offensive line because they're not, they're not getting a push to run the football. And, you know, it seems like Ryan might be a little, a little jittery in the backfield, might have some happy feet. And when Roddy White's no longer Roddy White, you just have Julio Jones. I mean, you have one option, and that's it. We see how that works and how that works in Detroit when Stafford just mm-hmm. had couch. Well, the schedule's about to get tougher. I mean, you got Minnesota coming into town next Sunday. You go to Tampa. You go to Carolina, to Jacksonville, Carolina back at home, and New Orleans. I mean, man, this is a team that what, what are they six and four right now? I mean, they have just imploded. You're right, losing four out of the last five games. And you got to play Carolina, a team that's 10-0 and twice. So <laughs> you think out of your remaining six games, two of those are against a 10-0 and team atop your division. Another game's against the top team in the, what is it, the NFC North right now. And mm-hmm. it's just – uh, it's just too much right now. I just think Atlanta is going to mail it in. I just don't understand what happens. The 10-7 to win in Tennessee, the loss to Tampa Bay at the time where Tampa Bay was struggling. That's what I look at. When did you lose to these teams? Tampa Bay was struggling when they when, it, when they came in and beat Atlanta like that. You know it. I know it. There's nothing to, to say about it. There just needs to be a coaching change in Atlanta. Or sorry, a quarterback. Let's say a quarterback change. Because there's nothing about Matt Ryan that puts fear in the people anymore. Would you agree with that? 
I would. I mean, yeah, you know, they have a rookie head coach, so I don't think we need to go ahead and pull the trigger on him already. No. Um, no. You know, give, give the guy some some time, and I know, you know, that's going to be. A, I know that was a talking point in the national media was all the mistakes that Dan Quinn's made. And you sit there and go, well, his rookie head coach, he's going to make mistakes. You know, and, and yeah. it's not like you know he was really controlling a lot of things, and he doesn't have anything to do with the offense. So that offense has got to get run on its own. Losing, getting rid of Dirk Cutter, who's now the offensive coordinator in Tampa, was an idiotic move. Dirk Cutter had that offense playing magnificently under him. So, I mean, maybe Matt Ryan's gotten stale, and that could be a huge issue right there. And it's one of those things where you could get rid of Matt Ryan, and everybody's going to say, well, you have to replace him with something better. So, I mean, we could be looking mm-hmm. at, you know, just a hypothetical here, but maybe a best move for both situations would be like a Matt Ryan, Jay Cutler trade. You know, a lot of people kind of, you know, you kind of cost your head a little the fact that, you know, what do you mean? I mean, the contracts are pretty much equal. They both are the change of scenery, and they both move into offenses that have pieces for them. So it's not like you're just killing each other. It's just a scenery change. So sometimes that is needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw what you were saying at first. I was just thinking, you know, well, it's just trading crap for crap. But, but I mean, both quarterbacks have potential. There's no doubt about that. Both both have potential, but they're just not getting it done. And I just think there's a softness that comes with that Atlanta Falcons team. Julio Jones, without Julio, this team would probably be 0-10 right now, to be honest with you. That's how, how bad they would be. And, and Joe Flacco – Jonathan out for the year, a costly win, sixteen to thirteen over the Rams. But Flacco's out for the year, and this is a three and seven team right now. What, what do you? You know, and it's funny because I've actually been talking to a good friend of mine who's a Ravens fan, and he brought this up to me. He goes, "How many teams in the NFL, if you think about it, at this point in the season, your starting quarterback, running back, your top receiver, your slot receiver?" Uh, your top tight end, your starting center, your best pass rusher, and your number one draft pick, who would be your number two receiver, all are all done for the year. All done. I, I mean, it's unreal the injury bug that has hit them. They, their corners have been dinged. Their front seven's been knocked up. Zoomerville missed a couple games. It's through Baltimore, and you hate to say this. You really, you know, you really do because the competitor on these players doesn't want to allow it. But it would be best for the organization to say, you know what, we've got to cut our losses drain this season and see what we can do with the high draft pick. Now the question becomes, what do you do with Joe Flacco? He tears his ACL. He's got a $30 million cap hit next year. Do you restructure it? Are you able to restructure his deal? Which, I mean, I have a feeling his agent won't be okay with, you know, you're cutting into his pocket. But there's no way you can keep Flacco coming off a torn ACL after an awful year with a $30 million cap hit. So do you cut, do you just cut him or trade him and try and find a, uh, a, a somebody to replace him in the draft? Do you sign somebody? I mean, what do you do? Joe Flacco is now the big question in Baltimore. Yeah, I think they kept him too long, Jonathan, anyway. I, I've never been a Flacco guy. I, I never have been. You know, you've listened to the show for years, and I've always been against it. I just don't see what the fuss is about. Yeah. In the playoffs, he wins a couple road games here and there, but it's all about the defense of Baltimore. It was now the defense struggles in my mind. Now you, you're you need you need some quality players now, some youth. You need somebody to reju- rejuvenate that that organization. You see, all the old guys are gone now. You know, I mean, you just need some some new blood in there. Ray Lewis is not there anymore. I'm sorry, all those guys 
Ed Reed, all those guys are not there. Ed Reed's not there, is he? Or am I wrong? No, I, I actually, they retired his jersey today. That's right, that's right, that's right. I don't know why. I guess that's why his name popped up. But, yeah, the Ravens, I, I cash it in. Who, who's the who's the quarterback that they have? I'm trying to think of his name, the backup. What's his name? Gosh. Oh, good. Uh, you're catching me off. Don't worry about I can't it. Even... Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let's move hey, on Hey, what's funny is Tyrod Taylor was the backup. Yeah, now we see what he's doing in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, the Broncos get a road victory over the Bears, 17-15 without Manning. Uh, not much to say. Cutler and the Chicago Bears, as soon as you start believing in them, they pull a Cutler. And the Cowboys with Romo back. And I want to ask your opinion on this. This is a kind of a scary game for Carolina. Thanksgiving Day going into Dallas. Romo got his first game, got that win, some confidence, 24-14 to 14 on the road against Miami. Could this be the game that Carolina loses? Short week just kind of on the road with a great quarterback in Romo. Yeah, no, definitely. I could see that because you're right. It, it is. It's a short week for them. they got to go on the road. It's a Thanksgiving day, so you know the emotions are going to be running high for Dallas. I'm just worried about what's going to happen to Dallas during the week because I just keep hearing more and more negativity surrounding Greg Hardy, and it worries me what that's going to do to the locker room. It really does. So, I mean, is this a game they could trip up? Yeah, Tony Romo's back. And Tony Romo didn't look bad today. You know he's going to look better next week. He's a very good quarterback. Um, it's just Carolina, Dallas and Houston going to have to find a way to contain Cam that Washington couldn't do today. <laughs> Cam Newton, and that's where we're going next. I mean, Cam Newton, just look at this guy, Jonathan. Uh, you know, Everett, he wasn't happy the other night, and we called and jumped on him about the <laughs> – the Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, but <laughs> you think you think about Cam Newton right now, what he's done. He he broke it. He went over a hundred passing touchdowns. We know he's got a, a bunch of rushing touchdowns to go, but how important? And you say MVP. I, it's not just just the best player in the league, but how important is Cam Newton to this this Minnesota or this Carolina Panthers team? He reminds me of how important Aaron Rodgers is to Green Bay. I mean, he's valuable, and that's the way I look at him. Carolina, they, you have a quarterback that young, just don't get him hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you just don't want Cam to get hurt. You don't want him to have to second guess himself or you know become Dante Culpepper. Um, and I think you're right. There, there might not be a more valuable player in the league than Cam Newton because we thought Aaron Rodgers was, and then we saw what happened. Jordy Nelson's out now; they're struggling on offense. So obviously, Jordy Nelson's really the key player on, on that offensive front. So, I mean, I'd like to see, you know, Peyton Manning, when he was in Indianapolis, you know, if he, you know, if he went, whenever he went down, that year he went down, they went 2-14. And I think that's where you're at with Cam Newton. If Cam Newton goes down, Carolina loses out. They have a tough time winning any games at all. And that's where I, I drive my importance value. You know, is he more valuable than Tom Brady? 100%. Is he more valuable than Peyton Manning right now? 100%. Rodgers? 100%. You know, I'm going to have a hard time finding a player – that is more important to their team's success right now than Cam. I mean, Todd Gurley is obviously proving that in St. Louis. I could, I mean, could, I could say Jameis Winston. I could say mm. Jameis Winston right now, too. I you, you could make that case, and I wouldn't disagree with it, but I still think Cam Newton's a little more valuable than Jameis. Uh, just from the standpoint of where this Bucks team is at, I'm still a little cynical. 
got to give my credit. I'm, a, I'm still a little cynical. Uh, but I, I definitely, right now, Cam Newton is getting my MVP vote. No doubt about it. You know, that's that's who I think right now is not the most important player in the league. And he might be the best player in the league. See, people make fun of me. And, I, and I'm an Auburn fan, too. Don't get me wrong. And he played at Auburn. But when this kid was in junior college, I was like, my God, like, this guy's a freak. And even in Florida, you saw how he was. He's just a winner. And his size, I don't know if you've noticed the, the accuracy and the arm strength that he has now. Like, I don't know what he's done in the off season. He's healthy. For one, last year, remember, he had the car wreck, he had the ankle surgery, and all those things going on, and he still had a pretty good year. He, he got two wins into the – or he, he won a game in the playoffs, lost to Seattle on the road. But this Cam Newton, I don't want him to go 16-0, and 0, Jonathan. I don't want him to do that and lose the first playoff game. And I, and I don't want you to lose. I mean, you know what I mean? But when's a good time for this team to lose? You don't want to lose too late. You don't want to lose too early. I mean, if they lost to Dallas, I mean, would that really be the end of the world? Would that wake them up? Because this team is just – they're rolling right now. Every week I think, okay, Washington's only a six-and-a-half-point underdog. This is the week they can struggle or something. They blow them out. They've been blowing people out every week now. The, the games that are trap games that you're looking at, thinking, okay, they're going to Tennessee. They're only like a, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They blow them out. So is this team that good? I mean, are they hot? What, what, when you look at Carolina, what do you see, really? Well, I see a team that's dominating really in every facet of the game, and it's amazing how they can throw, you know, Cam can swing that ball around without a really a true go-to wideout. Uh, Greg Olson's obviously a fantastic tight end, maybe the second-best tight end in the league behind Gronkowski. Uh, but other than that, I'm just looking around going, what do you have? Billy Brown, <laughs> Funchess, I mean, come on. You know, so it, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it really is amazing right. what they got what they got going. And then you have Stewart and Colbert, obviously a great one two punch. Um uh, I I'm I'm not, I'm this whole trap game and when's the right time to lose, I'm not a firm I'm not a firm believer in if there's a right time to lose. Like, you've heard the Patriots no. talk about it, and you heard Calipari in college basketball talk about it. You know, oh, you'd rather lose that last regular season game so the guys refocus and, and get that hunger back. Mm-hmm. But I, I think in the NFL specifically, going for an undefeated season, I think gives a team so much drive that there is no they need to find hunger. I, I honestly, you know, it's only been done once. You know, everybody wants to be that second team to get it done. So if you're Carolina, if you lose to Dallas at the end of the world, no, maybe it just refocuses the team. You focus, you find a weakness that you didn't know you had before. And I think that was the big thing with New England was the problem for them was when they played the Giants in the Super Bowl, they played the Giants in Week 17. The Giants already knew what to look for what to, and what the weakness was and how to exploit it. The Patriots didn't, you know, just look at it so we won. You know, we have the weaknesses. And, and that's the really big difference there. So as long as Carolina is going to get a rematch in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, they should be fine. Yeah, and you know Carolina is a very physical team. They run the ball. They they put a lot of pressure on you on the defensive side of the ball. To me, that benefits them later in the season. Now we start going, you know, week twelve, thirteen coming up, and all this. These teams that are out of the hunt really are just not that physical and banged up. Carolina could really expose them and. And blow them out. Is that what we're seeing now? The more physical team you are, 
the you know later in the season, the the more better you look. Look at Alabama, how they're looking at the end of the season now because this toll takes a takes a toll. This long season takes a toll on players. Now all of a sudden, Bama's coming in, running it down people's throats and moving the ball, just like Carolina is going to do. They play Dallas and then they play New Orleans, Atlanta, Giants, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. I mean, if you look at that schedule right there. I mean, there's a couple games that you you look at that could be losses. This is the NFL, but they can run through this schedule, Jonathan, and and win out. It wouldn't surprise me at all. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think there is a chance that they could go ahead and run this table. I think it's a very winnable schedule. Uh, I just, I think you're right. The teams that are more physical tend to have an advantage. Because they're beating people up. They're not getting beat up. You know, as long as – in Carolina, I, I really believe that they're, they're, that what's going to be really important is the health of Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley. They have to be healthy when they get to the playoffs or they're in trouble. Those guys have to be healthy. Uh, if they're not, it's going to be it's going to be a long day. They've got to make sure they can keep those guys healthy. And whether or not that's resting them towards the end of the year after they've locked up home field – then, then so be it. Um, but you know, right right now, they just need to try and make sure they can clinch home field throughout. Because once you do that, you can start thinking about resting guys. Um, yeah, you know, Green Bay. Yeah, Olsen's beat up right now. I'm seeing like he's starting to take it. Maybe he needs uh, whether you win or lose doesn't matter. You need Greg Olson to be in that offense. You need him to be healthy, right? I mean, he's one of your main players that keeps that offense. You let those receivers get open, actually. Because every time Greg Olson goes down the field, there's a double team in mind for him because he's the number one guy. Other people are stepping up. But Greg Olson today, he took a shot to the head. And I still think that he may have some a concussion. Just watching him afterwards and everything, that's, what you, that's who you don't want to lose either, a player like him that's really – allowed Cam Newton to, to really get this offense going. Think about where Carolina would be right now had Greg Olson not carried them the first few weeks of the season to give Cam some confidence and give these other receivers a chance to gel, grow up, and get used to the system. I mean, he's the most valuable player right now to this point, you know, one of them to me, because he allowed these other young guys to step up, give them a chance to took the pressure off of them. Uh, he really did. Greg Olson's a huge component of that offense. And, you know, it's never – you can never afford to lose your top receiving target. Um, I mean, yeah, you got to try and make sure Olson stays healthy. you got to keep him away because, you know, that that was a high hit today that he took. And you got to try and – you know, Cam's got to make sure he doesn't lead him out to dry on anything. You know, he's got to really see in the field when he's hitting Cam. I mean, when he's hitting Greg. You know, if that happens to, you know, one of your, you know, you hit Taylor, if it happens to one of the receivers, you're kind of like, okay, you know, it sucks, but, you know, it's it's not like we can't replace him. If it happens to Olsen, who are you going to replace him with? Uh, you know, and that's just exactly. a real question. Who, I mean, they already let yep. Bonridge walk, and he's doing really well in Cleveland, so who you got? <laughs> well, Jonathan, man, it's going to be, who do you got tonight, Arizona? against uh, Andy Dalton in primetime. We all know Andy Dalton's like 4-12 and 12 in primetime games. Can he go on the road to Arizona and get a win? I say no. What do you think? Uh, no. I mean, the Arizona <laughs> team I saw last week, did they have struggles? Yeah, they did. They had some struggles. Uh, I, I think Seattle uh, played them pretty well. Seattle knows how to scheme against them. They play them twice a year. 
Um, I think Arizona is gelling. I think that offense right now is just on full fire right now, and that defense is going to give Andy a hard time, and they're going to get after him. And I think Arizona's going to go ahead and take this game and take it impressively. I agree. Right now in the second quarter, Seattle up 20 to nothing on San Francisco. Um, wow. And Green Bay up 9-6 to six on Minnesota. Well, let's get into what we do best, college football. Rivalry week's coming up, but let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Let's talk about – I want to talk to you about Ohio State. Now, you know, we've, we've always wondered. Everybody thought they were great. You know, they, they haven't played a ranked team all year. They play a two-touchdown. It's kind of like the Auburn-Alabama game to me, if you, if you will, Jonathan. Probably a couple touchdown underdogs. Michigan State comes in. They've been, they've been kicked by the media all week. Talked about how Ohio State's going to blow them out. They come in and physically just manhandle Ohio State on both sides of the ball. But what did you think about the comments from the players? I mean, have you ever heard a player announce he was going to go pro with a, a couple weeks left in the season? I mean, what's going on with Ohio State? Are they a bunch of spoiled brats? And when they get their ass kicked, they they have to start crying and making excuses and calling coaches out. I mean, that's, that's a very classless organization right there, if you ask me, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Urban Meyer, again, what what did we say, Jonathan? Tom Herman was the reason Ohio State did what they did on offense last year, or, or Dan Mullen when he was at Florida. So everybody thinks Urban Meyer is this great offensive coordinator, offensive mind. I think it's right the opposite. I, I, don't, I think he's lost control. I know it's one win or one loss, but Jonathan, I think he lost control of this team one night. You know, after hearing Elliot's comments, let me let me just tell you right now, when a scout calls if if a scout decides to call Urban Meyer and ask him uh, what he thinks of Ezekiel Elliott, I was assuming the conversation is, is not going to go well. Um, there'll be something about how Ezekiel hates puppies and yells at babies and things of that nature. I mean <laughs> You don't do that. If if you're Urban Meyer and you want to, you want everybody to know you have control of your program. You kick Ezekiel Elliott off the team right now. No ifs, hands, or buts. You send him home happy right now. I mean, you cannot. You can't allow a player to come out after a game and bash the offensive coaches and specifically call you out. That's totally unacceptable. Elliott's got to get off the team. Cardell Jones. Who is in nothing but like off the field issues, right? And, and one, one thing, I, and it's not issues, it's, it's distractions. It always seemed like he was always finding a way to, to, to pull the media attention towards him, even when he was just a four string nobody. He announces he's going to enter the draft. Okay, bye. Bye. Get off my team. Bye. I don't need you. Yeah. I mean, he's a I got a backup quarterback in Braxton Miller. Is. I don't need you. Yeah. See, I knew that was going to cause a problem with all this this quarterback stuff. And but let's admit it, Ohio State caught lightning lightning in a bottle. They were healthy because they played nobody last year. And and I'm telling you, Michigan State, D'Antoni. I mean, how do you not? I mean, could he be coach of the year right now? Looking at what he's done, the the loss in Nebraska was bull crap, but the win against Michigan was bull crap as well. So those wash out. Just say Michigan State beats Penn State. They win their division. They beat Iowa, an undefeated team in the Big Ten Championship. Is Michigan State in this playoff? Or are they too far down to really move back up? What's the committee going to say about Michigan State? Because I, 
I think you go to Ohio State and you beat them with a second and third string quarterback speaks volumes of the toughness of your team this time of year. No, you're yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if they went out during the playoffs. Let me state that right now. There's not enough undefeated to keep them out. The Pac-12's got nobody, okay? And the Big 12, uh, I mean, a lot of it hinges on what happens this week, but I still think people would bump Michigan State in over uh, Oklahoma, especially after the Oklahoma yep. gave away their game last night. Um, especially the I consistency mean, Michigan State's done over the last few years. They've been – Right in the mix every year. Well, you know what I mean. It's like every year they're right there. A toughness. They they built that equity for their name. They beat Baylor last year um, in one of the bowl games. I mean, they're a tough team that deserves respect. And I, I'm with you, Jonathan. I don't trust the Big Twelve. I don't. I don't trust the defenses. I look at Oklahoma last night. How bad they looked. But let's get back. I don't want to jump too quick. We're gonna bring Jason on in just a second. But Urban Meyer right now has a chance. Let's go back, and I apologize for jumping. You know, sometimes I get excited like a little kid in a candy store. But <laughs> Urban Meyer has a has a chance. Right now he's done, right? The team, there's no Big Ten championship probably. There's no, there's no playoff. At least save face and show for the next recruiting class and the players that are on that team right now for next year and the years to come that you mean business. You're going to kick Cardell Jones's butt off the team and Elliott. Tell them both to hit the road. You don't announce you're going pro after a loss like that and make your whole organization look bad. And, you know, Barrett made a mistake with the, the intoxication thing. He's a kid. I can overlook that. What I can't overlook is a guy coming out in the media saying the coaches failed. Let's let's get Jason on here out of the Pac-12. We'll talk about his ducks as well. But, Jason, what do you think about – the Ohio State players after that game last night. Uh, I I really think it's really selfish. Um, they they lose one ball game, and they they come out about what they're doing with the NFL draft. That that decision is not even a month or two. It's like a month away. <laughs> and yeah, granted, these players have never faced the media after a loss, maybe one or two times, and they don't know how to talk after a loss. No, and and it goes to show, Jason, that, that you know, they, they haven't been tested this year. They that, that Last no. night was the first time they played a ranked team all year, and they were at home, 14-point favorite, and they got manhandled by a, a team that's been challenged, that played Oregon, they played other teams throughout the year that were better, but it goes to show you that Ohio State just wasn't as good as we thought they were, right? Yeah, that that's exactly it. And it's it's not even that Michigan State beat him with Connor Cook. It's a backup quarterback making his first start, I believe. <laughs> and he came <laughs> in to Ohio State. That's You should beat teams like that by 30. Yeah, I mean, they were a 14-point favorite with Cook play supposed to play, if I'm not wrong. But, yeah, if you'd have told me that Michigan State didn't have Cook, I'd have said Ohio State would have beat them by four touchdowns. But, but again, yeah. the, the the not being challenged all year. So, sometimes it's beneficial to play a tougher schedule. You, you keep your, your, your players more focused. But, you know, after 11 weeks or 10 weeks, all of a sudden you're asked yeah. to play – 
a good team. It's like you haven't played one yet. And I, and, I think that's and, Urban Meyer's fault. Yeah, he, here's another thing I want to say. It's not like it was a shootout. Ohio State got shut down. I, I believe, what, under 200 yards of offense. And yeah. They've oh, only, they only, only, only had one play, I think, of 15 yards, I think. Or yeah, they got shut down. This ain't like, a, oh, we just lost on our last second field goal. They got shut down. Well, let's talk about their stats real quick since you brought it up. Barrett, 9 of 16 for 46 yards, a touchdown, wow. okay? Barrett, Barrett rushing, he had 44 yards. He was their leading rusher. Ezekiel Elliott was dropping that he didn't get the ball enough. 12 carries for 33 yards. The last time I checked, Jonathan, that's not like you're an explosive running back all of a sudden. He acted like he was getting 20 yards a carry and Urban Meyer just shut him down. I mean, he was averaging two and a half a carry, man. Yeah, that's what vexed me the most about his comments. Was, I go, it's not like you had 12 carries for 100 yards. You had 33 yards. <laughs> I mean, cool. Well, what do you say? Well, if I had had twenty, you know, if I had, had twelve more carries, I would have had seventy yards. Wow, that's a Heisman candidate right there, y'all. You see that best running back in the nation? I mean, come on, man. Who are you talking to like that? Exactly. And Jason, they had a hundred and thirty-two yards of offense. Or how long was it? Yeah. 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 Right. One of thirty-two of offense. Yeah. Five first downs. Only forty six plays. So they they couldn't do much. Wow. And they were plus two in the turnover margin. So <laughs> to hundred and thirty two yards. We're talking about you're on Florida and Vanderbilt level right there, Jason. I mean that's that's piss yeah. four SEC bottom feeder numbers right there. A hundred and thirty two yeah. yards. You are four of fourteen on third downs. You got 86 yards rushing. I mean, my God. I mean, what a defensive performance. The quarterback, let's let's look over at Michigan State real quick. Let's don't forget about them. They won the game. Tyler O'Connor, 7 of 12, 89 yards. Even the third stringer got in there for one for four throws. But they didn't do anything either. You got to credit Ohio yeah. State's defense. But, but, but when the time came, Ohio State could not – they couldn't get a drive going, man. They just couldn't get any consistency. But but this kid, would you kick him off the team? Would you kick Elliott off the team right now? Jonathan and I are in agreement that we would kick him to the curve. What do you think? I, I wouldn't kick him off because of going pro. I would have kicked him off because what you said about the coaching staff, about this play sort of been a card and whatnot. Um if you have an issue with your coach, that's behind closed doors. Not not with everybody to yeah. see. I agree. You're exactly right. Well well I I'm not gonna overlook a team that, that I've been very impressed with and I'm gonna ask you first and we're gonna get Jonathan's opinion. But you're talking about a team that's not getting just hundred and thirty two yards a game. We're talking about the Oregon Ducks, you know, what a difference a quarterback makes. Because if you you rewind it and you put Adams back in that game, you know, for those injuries, Oregon had what what they have last night, about four or five five hundred and seventy eight yards, Jason, against a, yeah. a, a good USC defense, a talented team. 
They, got, they beat them by 20 points. I mean, how proud are you of your Ducks right now? They're not going to the Pac-12 championship, but you have to be very happy with where your team is right now. I'm, I'm extremely happy to be a Ducks fan. Um, since the last 3-3, three three, after that Washington State game, yeah, I, I knew Vernon Adams wasn't healthy, but this team could have packed that in. Um, they, they played their hearts out these last couple of weeks. And um, us not going to the Pac-12 title game, that's that's all nuts. Um, I know Adams was hurt for that Washington State game, but we had a 10-point lead with six minutes to go. We closed that out. We're going to the Pac-12 title game. So, yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you this, and and the Oregon Ducks and Jonathan, I think I was wrong. Like Jason said, Helfrich is, is you know maybe I I wrote him off too early, but this team kept playing after that Washington State game after losing by forty two points at home to Utah. I mean Oregon to me is a top ten team right now, Jonathan. I mean you 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 got to remember those losses were about their quarterback really. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean Vernon Adams has just he he's proven that he's a really good quarterback and. I mean, if you're a health freak, you're, you're sitting there going, well, I hope I got somebody in the wings for next year. Because, you know, it, it just shows a quarterback has made a huge difference. They torched USC's defense yesterday. I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw from the Ducks, and I think you're right. That is a team that's in the top 15, and if you have Bernard Adams, you're going to be talking about a playoff contender. Yeah, so so does Oregon get in a New Year's Day six bowl, Jonathan? I, I think so. If they went out and they finish uh, nine and three, and you have to look, you have to factor in injuries. The committee said they would factor in injuries. Vernon Adams being injured really hurt this team. You lost their, they lost their their chief, their quarterback. But now we see what Oregon has done with him back. I mean, this it's a tough schedule. They they went to Stanford took care of business. They beat a good Cal team. They went to Arizona State and won. They beat USC. They finished out the Civil War. They're going to have a six-game winning streak, Jonathan. That matters to me because when they struggled was was when, you know, they lost to Michigan State on the road by three early in the year. That Utah game to me was just a, a fluke with a quarterback. But also mm-hmm. Washington State was a total fluke. I agree. That Washington State game was was a fluke game. Uh, that that was just a weird, weird game in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that I mean I think everybody would agree with me. The Pac-12 is a fantastic conference. It is deep. It is good. Washington State's made a, has has a, had a great resurgence this year. Stanford's playing well. Utah and UCLA are good teams. USC is a good team. Oregon's a good team. You know, there's a lot of good teams. A lot of staffs. They just kind of ate each other off. Um, and, I mean, if you look at it and you factor in the injuries and everything, I think Oregon does get consideration. I really, really think they do. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, Jason, do you think Oregon's a, a New Year's Day 16? Well, it really depends on how big of a jump they make this week going into the Civil War. Um, I, they're gonna, I don't want to sound cocky, but they're going to – Destroy Oregon State. They're they're a terrible football <laughs> team. Um, they they are they they lost to Colorado, which is one of the worst teams. But um, it really depends about the jump that they make before the Civil War, 
And I think we're going to jump after the beat Oregon State. And it's a very possibility. So. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, and I think injuries factor in, just like the committee said. We'll see. Hey, but let's let everybody know real quick. If you want to listen to our show, you can listen to it on the archive at Block Talk Radio, or you can listen to it at ultimatesportstalk.com. We're also being being there. I just want to mention them. Go to ultimatesportstalk.com. They have a lot of sports talk. Um, I'm hoping Roger, Sonny, some of those guys could get in here. But, man, college football this year is crazy, but rivalry week's coming up. We're not there yet, so let's not let's not jump ahead. Um, the SEC, Jason, real quick while I got you on. I mean, South Carolina losing to Citadel. Florida barely beating Florida Atlantic in overtime. Georgia barely beating Georgia Southern in overtime. I mean, what's wrong with the SEC conference right now? Um, I, I think it's Alabama and everybody else. It's, and Alabama's the only team that looks good. Yeah, they haven't really got that marquee win. But um, everybody else is just looking lethargic, if you would say. If Tennessee holds on to a couple leads, they're going to the SEC target. Could Auburn beat Alabama next weekend in Auburn? It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Um, they they can't. Um, would it? Um, I I think Derek Henry is probably one of the best bats. I have Derek Henry as the second running back in the nation. So, who do you have as the yeah. first? Was Freeman? Uh, it's not a home run pick. I, I think Homer Keenan Pick. Was, <laughs> That's Keenan a home was, pick if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> I mean, come on, don't tell me that's not a homer pick. That's a homer pick. <laughs> I was uh, like, I like I, I got Javon Robinson as the best running back in the country right now. You know? <laughs> At least I have a legitimate claim with Dalvin Cook. <laughs> well, well, Jason, think, uh, well, let's 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 see who goes higher in the NFL draft, Henry or uh, your boy there from Oregon. We'll, we'll, well see. Woods can't go to a mess yet, so. Well, we'll see where he's drafted, but Jason. But, Jason, buddy, thanks for joining us. And and go Ducks. You know, I like the Oregon Ducks, Jonathan. They've, they've really come on of late and really like watching them. They were only like a three-point favorite yesterday, and and they took care of business. But let me tell you whose heart got broken yesterday, Jonathan, in a million pieces. The Michigan Wolverines, because that guaranteed that they couldn't win the Big Ten championship. Just think if Ohio State would have won, Michigan won that game. All of a sudden, Michigan's in the Big Ten championship game with an outside shot to get in. But what do you think of the Michigan-Ohio State game coming up this week? Just a little preview real quick. I think Michigan can beat them, especially after after the way Ohio State reacted to that loss. How does Urban Meyer get their attention now? That's funny. I was talking to my Michigan for. buddies after the game yesterday. And needless to say, he hates Michigan State with a with a fury, with a passion that I, I haven't really seen outside of the South. Um, he was very <laughs> disappointed in the game yesterday. Uh, his comments were, the one time I rely on Ohio State. Uh, um, I mean, there's still an outside shot Penn State can upset Michigan State. It's an outside shot, but it's an outside shot. Um, 
uh, Michigan's charged up. They want to beat Ohio State. They're trying to stamp, you know, get a good cement themselves on the map. Say, hey, we are back. We're we're here to stay. We're going to compete. We're going to win some ball games. Um, this is big for recruiting. This is big just for a personal conference uh, confidence thing. Uh, and, you know, and if you're Michigan, I mean, what better way to end your regular season than to beat Ohio State, rub it under their noses? You know, I mean, it's just it's a little disappointing for them that they don't have a shot at the Big Ten championship after the debacle uh, that happened against uh, Michigan State. Um, and I think the committee will give them serious consideration if they beat Ohio State, and most likely they will play in a New Year's Six Bowl, and they've earned it. They really have. I mean, they well, lost to Utah at the beginning of the year, and that loss, you know, you look at it and you go, they lost by seven and turned the ball over five times. I mean, that, that loss is horrendous. So, and you know what? I, think, I, can, I can see Michigan State losing. I could see them. There's no guarantee they beat Penn State. And if Ohio State beats Michigan next week, they're Big Ten champs, and and they could possibly get in there. But but how do they? How do you get them up? How do you get Ohio State up, Jonathan? You know that's a great question. I don't know how you get them up. I really don't. I really don't. This is one of the few times where the coaching situation I'd I'd be baffled. You know. after a loss like this, this late in the year, and a game that meant so much at home, and, and now you got to go on the road, I don't know how you get that team up. I don't know how that, you know, that locker room is probably fractured like nobody's business right now. And Urban's going to Because I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, uh, Michigan State plays at 3.30 Eastern next week. Ohio State's the noon game. So that's what. That's what concerns me a little bit is Ohio State has to rely on faith, really. You remember a couple years ago when Auburn got in, they they beat Missouri. All of a sudden, Michigan State stepped up, beat Ohio State, and all of a sudden, Auburn's in. Ohio State, maybe they may have to take a leap of faith and just say, you know what, we're going to come in here and give it all we got. But if you only get 120 yards or whatever it was, at home against Michigan State, what's Michigan going to do to you? Michigan's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and uh, I just don't see them getting up. I think we have – don't tell me this is Sonia Minson. Don't don't tell me this is Sonia Minson. This is oh, Sonia Minson? Roll, Tyrone. I love oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Alabama rivalry week, man. We're, we're I thought we were banning Bama we're, fans this week. <laughs> what did you say? What did you no. say? You say you're banning Bama fans this week? Well, he, he, th- he thought we we were we were we we were going to ban him. He said he thought we were going to ban him, but no, that would be no. Oh problem. no! You can never ban me. I know where Brian Tarver lives. <laughs> I know she knows. She knows. But but tell me, Sonia. Sonia, your husband, Jason, um, he told me that the other night, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I was thinking to myself, Michigan State's going to beat Ohio State. Yeah, that's a reach. Well, again, every time Jason tells me something's going to happen, it does. Uh, Kudos (laughs) to Jason Minson. I mean, my God, I don't know how he keeps predicting. Well, Jason, how do you keep predicting these? Uh, Tell me, Jason, how how did you know that Michigan State was going to beat these guys? They were 14-point underdog with a backup quarterback. Because I watched Ohio State all year, and they didn't impress me. And this was against <laughs> unranked team. Um, and then I watched Michigan State um, actually, you know, play this year. And 
I don't know. I know the tendencies in the conference. I mean, it, everyone wanted to say Ohio State was just going to wipe the floor with them, but that Michigan State team, even with injuries, is a solid team. Antonio's a better coach. <laughs> a better developer. Yes, he is. He is. Tell me, Sonia. Sonia, what do you think about the comments of Ezekiel Elliott after the game also, or whatever the quarterback's name is, saying they're going pro and Ezekiel threw him up through Urban Meyer and the coaching staff under the bus? I mean, what do you think about all that? It goes back to, remember the year before last tournament, and I had made the comment about Urban Meyer, and I made it again last year, and I said, Urban Meyer is a good coach. I am not saying he's a bad coach. He's a very good coach. He is not a great coach, and he is not on a Saban, Nealon, you know, paternal-type level. He's not that. And the reason we know that is if you really have looked into his history, as I have, every time Urban Meyer has had success, it's due to one or two star players. Urban does not develop talent. He's an excellent recruiter. He's excellent at that. I will put him in the top top ten for that. But he is not the kind of coach. Urban is more like a – He's, he's kind of almost like, and you and I talked about this, so just, I'm not saying this to offend um, any Auburn fans, but it's kind of like Auburn who got all those lucky breaks last year. Irving gets a lot of lucky breaks, and it makes him look good. But what happened What happened when he left Florida? All the, the, the dirt from, from uh, got exposed after he was gone. Now he's at Ohio State. If you don't think that what Ezekiel Elliott is said is typical of an Urban Meyer locker room, you don't know Jack. <laughs> You've not paid any attention to anything. Because he is not cool. – it, it's like it's happened before. Cool. You know what I mean? It's like a pattern. And, and people yeah. try to dismiss these one or two players that say stuff. And I'm like, no, you need to pay attention because that dude is in the locker room. The media isn't. It's not just one person. Yeah, it's not just one person. It's more than one player. He's always yeah. said, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I respect him as my coach, but he's not – the person everybody thinks he is. Well, and what, so to what me, it's like he's just being a Somebody did that. What, what oh would Saban do is after the Ole Miss game that they uh, they came out and blasted Saban and Kiffin, just say just say Henry did. Say Henry come out and said, Lane Kiffin's game plan sucked. He didn't give me the ball. I guarantee you he wouldn't be on the team. First of all, yeah, that's right. First of all, nobody is going to do that under Nick Saban. Let's give real. But if somebody <laughs> were. They would not be on. You would not. They wouldn't see the field until after they left and start came back as a fan. They <laughs> got down on the field. <laughs> I'm just letting you. I'm just being real. That to me, I think it was. I look at it two ways because I see the disrespect, but I also understood the first the, the, his frustration. He was very frustrated because come on, you 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 run him. He scores. Why change? What's working? What are you doing? Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but he only had 30 yards on 12 carries. That's what got me. It would be different if, like Jonathan yeah. said, he had 100 yards on 12 carries. He had 30 yards on 12 carries. He acted like he was getting 10 a pop. Like, it wasn't the coach's fault they lost. It was because they haven't been challenged all year long. And I think exactly. that locker room's divided a little bit. The locker room's divided a little bit. You, you hear a lot mm-hmm. of the Big Ten. I saw your post about people making fun of the SEC scheduling this week. Well, what about all year for some of these Big Ten? Not all of them, but Ohio State didn't play anybody hardly besides Minnesota, and that was it. Minnesota's not ranked. So here's the first ranked team Ohio State plays all year, and they lose. And they what does that say? Do. It says a lot, and I'm going to tell you something else, too. This is what Ohio State fans need to realize. The ones who were talking smack, and then I'll, oh, there's my post. 
once you were talking smack, do not sit here and blame your offensive coordinator. Understand this. Your coach, your head coach, can overrule any of their assistants, okay? They trust their coordinators. Everybody looks for the fall guy. And you need to tell me that Urban Meyer is so laid back and so lackadaisical that he's going to let his OC call stuff and, you know, he's not going to do anything or say anything and be like, well, oh, well, we'll try again next week. No, it doesn't work like that. So Urban was working hand-in-hand with it. That's all, it's on all of them. And then the players, too, because this is the thing. You should, have, you should have developed your players. If everybody looked at Ohio State this past season, they struggled in games they should not have struggled, not with the players that they had. You had a lot of returning players. Okay, it's not like Auburn. Auburn struggled, but Auburn's team is full of a lot of young kids, freshmen, sophomores. Okay, you don't have a lot of senior leadership on that team. Auburn struggled, but they can still win. You mean to tell me two, uh, Ohio State with the same mobile they won, C.O.C. with? Uh, the, the national championship with it's struggling? Oh, no, dude. Just send the same play. No, you can't, you can't run that hokey-doke on me. I, I see the D. You know, I see the deal. Don't yep. try to fool me. That's a team full of mean TV. Yep. And the other yep. thing I started to post. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, as far as my post, what Tarvin is referring to, and um, I will post in Williams Sports if you want to, but what it is, one thing that a lot of people – I'd say a lot, mostly Big Ten fans, Big Ten team fans, but a lot of people have been slamming the SEC for scheduling cupcakes, you know, in November. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Do you guys realize that you guys play these same teams, but you play them in September? So what happened between September and November? When they play you, oh, that's such a worthy opponent. They're pretty good. You know, they represent their conference well. So when an <laughs> SEC team plays them, oh, that's a cupcake. Wait, 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 wait a minute, hold on, Charlotte. Do you that? Did you play that same team? What happened in two months? So what I did is I listed for the Power Five, I listed every single out-of-conference game and the date that they played them. When you look through that list, you will see a lot of play, a lot of teams that SEC teams played are now playing Big Ten teams, Pac-12 teams. They all share. We all have cupcakes. So I just wanted to just shut everybody down about that. And the bottom line, nobody came on that post and any group I posted in there trying to debate it because can't can't argue with that. Well, I want to say this real quick about Urban Meyer. And one thing I've noticed, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. You you talked about him not developing talent, and I agree. But one thing he's had when he when he won at Utah, when he won at Florida, and when he won last year at Ohio State, like that, he had an offensive coordinator mastermind that could develop quarterbacks and play them. Or Dan exactly. Mullen. And now Tom Herman, they're gone. Here's Urban by, with that same team from last year. But the, uh-huh. the difference is their their offensive genius is gone. So people, I know Quinn put a post up the other day saying if he could make his dream coaching staff, Urban Meyer would be an offensive coordinator. And I'm like, what? I'm like, really? Oh, no. Urban, I Urban Meyer? Before I took Urban. <laughs> no, I think Jim yeah, McElwain Urban is, before I took Urban. I don't know, McIlwain right now looking at Florida. He can't even get fifty yards in a game. What I mean, what, what what's what's up with Florida, man? Jesus, what a, I mean, least, it shows you least. how how much a quarterback means to a team. <laughs> oh yeah, but but you know what? I'm gonna give Florida their props though, because even though Florida is not as great as they some of their fans think they are, but I will give Florida their props. Even if they have to go into overtime, they will pull out the win. You know, a win's a win. Everybody wants to talk about it. They struggled. Same thing. I'm going to hold, you know, hold them to the same standard that I hold Ohio State. 
But what the difference is, Florida played ranked teams. <laughs> they didn't wait. They yeah. didn't play a bunch of, you know, Lulu's all, all season long, and you got your fans talking smack, talking about repeat, da-da-da. And then you finally get a ranked team, and you go out like that, and I'm going to tell you, dude, I, and God, please, I hope I'm not jinxing family, so I have to do my little cross and all my little, you know, superstitious stuff. But, dude, I was rolling. when All of a sudden it was like, you see your LA? Announcing these going to the NFL. Five minutes later, start out now. I've never seen that. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that. I've never seen. I've been and, watching football since the age of three. Three, mind you, didn't know what I was watching until I was seven. But I've never seen that in the, nowhere. That shows you who's running the prison right now. But, hey, here's another thing I want to talk about since I have you both. Jonathan, I want to start with you. Um, The rumor is Les Miles is going to be out at LSU. We're going to to talk about that in a minute. Is that right or wrong? But the number one coach on the list is none other than Jimbo Fisher from Florida State. Have you heard anything down there in Florida that Jimbo would be interested in coming to the SEC and leaving Florida State? There's been talks about it. It's funny. The talks first started with Georgia um, when Mark Rick was on the the boiler seat. Uh, People said, well, you know, Georgia's going to come down and they're going to throw some money at Jimbo. Now now that Georgia decided they're going to keep Mark, you got LSU, who apparently the boosters are about about said, we don't care about his buyout. We're going to go ahead. We're we're done, which is stupid, but... (laughs) Now, now that now they want Jimbo, you know what? Go get your own damn coach. Go get your own damn coach. All right, we got a coach. We're happy. We're a Power Five premier program. We don't need you trying to come coach our coach. All right, go, go get Justin Fuente. Go, go get Charlie Strong. They're not they're not a premier program anymore. I'm pretty sure he'd be happy to leave Texas. I mean, go get your own coach. Right, you can come back and come get Jimbo now when you forsake him to take Les Miles last time. All right, go away. Go away. Anybody, anybody calling? Anybody answering that call? This ain't Lane Kiffin over here. I mean, I, 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 the idea is, this is the idea. LSU's going to come in and throw money at Jimbo. And Jimbo is going to look at him and go, mm-hmm, you do realize how much I get paid already, right? You're going to offer me a $600,000 raise. Yeah, let me go ahead and uproot and start over new for $600,000. Let me tell you what. Unless Jimbo is giving Nick Saban money, he ain't leaving Florida State. Because Florida State's already said, look, we ain't paying like Saban. That's stupid. Okay, just because Alabama's going to go ahead and mortgage everything on Saban don't mean we're going to do the same thing. All right, they can do that. We can't. We got other things we're trying to spend money on. We got a basketball team that's somewhat competitive. All right, we got a baseball team that's pretty competitive. All right, so we try to win in multiple sports here. All right, so here's your, here's, your, here's your salary. Be happy that you're a top 10 paid coach at a premier institution in a state that doesn't have income tax and know that you don't make more money here even if somebody offers you more money because guess what? We don't have income tax. So stay in Tallahassee, stay in the sunshine, and win football. Jonathan, okay. Jonathan, do you really think Jimbo's going to come to the SEC West and have to play Saban and all them every year, or do you think he's going to stay at nope. the ACC where he's comfortable? I don't think Jimbo's afraid of any coach. I don't think he's afraid of any team. Uh, that's the one great thing about him is that he, he fears no man. 
Uh, th- this is the coach that he- he'll schedule anybody. We've seen it. We've got Ole Miss to open up next year. We've got Alabama the year after that. We've been knocking on Auburn's door, knocking on Oregon's door. You know, we've been, we've been making calls saying, hey, look, let's you know, let's I know, but I'm talking about year after – talking about week after week, though, that, that you, you try to outwork a Nick Saban that works, and he says that he works 20 hours a day. I mean, you, you I, have an outwork a man like that that that's your really mentor. I don't think that would bother Jimbo now that he's single. I don't think that would bother him too much now that he's single. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I honestly think Jimbo doesn't care. He doesn't. I, I just think right now he's got good roots in Tallahassee. The university and the state of Florida uh, has done a wonderful thing with help, with supporting his kids as far as it goes with the Falcone anemia and things of that nature. I don't know if he wants to uproot and try and transfer that to LSU or, or anywhere for that sake. I think he's set down and, and really got some roots in that program, and I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. Sonia, I know the reason Mark Riggs staying put is because this recruiting class he has coming up already said they're going to leave if they get rid of Riggs, so I think that's off the table, but do you think LSU's jumping the gun a little bit, maybe a year too early, with all the young? You talk about Auburn being young. LSU's young too. LSU's kind of a year ahead of the curve, really. And now they they started struggling because they didn't know how to handle defeat. But wouldn't you give Les Miles another year? You're just gonna fire Les Miles for what? I mean, it, it, what did he do wrong? It's so stupid. There's there are two things that fans who call for a firing of a coach need to need to really think about before they open their mouths to say something like that. Number one, you most fans are very quick to forget the success that coach brought you, okay? You will forget that, especially when your top rival or what you consider your top rival beat you consistently. Let it go, okay? That just means that team is better developed and executed better than you did. It does not mean that your coach is, you know, he went from king, he went from sugar to blank. Okay, manure, let's tell you that one. Okay, that's number one. Number two, whenever you think about firing your coach because you're upset that they didn't get a certain team, I want you to think about one school, the Tennessee Volunteers. That is your, that's your example school right there. Look at Tennessee and look at what happened when they went from Fulmer to Kiffin to Dooley to Bush Jones. They barely gave them two, three years to get something done. In order to turn a program around, especially if a program has had two coaches back-to-back that were not great and, you know, might have had some success but kind of messed up some other stuff on the NCAA side and then Fulmer and his standing, it's going to take at least four to five years to cycle those recruits out. In Les's case, Les's success, and this is what people forget, Les's first two years of success, those were saving recruits, okay? He cycled those out. Once, he, once uh, saving recruits were cycled out, and that's what they did. They went to this, the national championship, faced Bama, and lost. And every year since yeah. then, it's like Bama has beat them. That does not mean that Les is not good at what he does, which is recruiting. Les is a team recruiter. I don't care if your players – if you look at that field, the LSU is just like Alabama. LSU has depth, okay? But those, those, some of those kids are not developed. You don't have a great quarterback. We struggle, you know, until Coker finds his best. But you don't sit here and, and throw out the baby with the bathwater. Calm y'all behind down. Realize that mm-hmm. what LSU fans don't need to do, don't let don't let Les call no plays. Okay, we all know that Les is a horrible play caller. Do not let – give him a good board. 
give him a, a, a headset, don't have it plugged into anything, let him walk on the sideline. Yeah, give him the grass. He'll be okay. You know, you know, he, last, last loss is defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, he's, he's got a, a young quarterback that it's going to take time. But, you know, talking about coaches, there's still Auburn fans out there screaming fire Gus Malzahn, and they don't realize in their lifetime Auburn's played for two national championships, and he's been a part of both of them. I mean, all of Thank a sudden you. this guy went from, from sugar to crap, too, like you were saying, and, it's like, come on, guys. I mean, I know we struggled last year. We were in the, the playoff, the first playoff rankings that came out. We were number three. We lost A&M late, and we kind of hit a skid. Now, all of a sudden, we we were overhyped a little bit. But like you said, we're young. Let's give him a couple more years to see before you throw him out. Who's Auburn going to get if Gus Malzahn leaves right now? Who's knocking down the door of Auburn trying to get in and and, and do this? At least you know Gus can hire coaches. You know Gus can recruit. And you know yep. Gus can win, so it's just you can't win every year. That's what that's what kills me about some of these people. It's like you cannot win every year. You never. Well, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And another thing too, what people need to understand and look at also: Do you know how many head coaching positions are going to be open after this season? You know, every year it seems like every year it's more and more. I don't think it's due to – it's almost like um, Jason Howard kind of talked about it with the quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, it's that time when all of the top elite, elite quarterbacks like the Mannings, the Bradys, you know, the ones that we consider the, the, the very top tier, guess what? They grow older every year we watch them. They're not going to be out there at six years old throwing a pass. It's not going to happen. But what happens is the new crop – that's what's going on in college football. A lot of these older coaches, Burger stepping down, you know, Beamer stepping down. A lot of these coaches are going to spend time with their family. They, they gave their entire lives to your team, you know, to your school. So now it's time for them to enjoy theirs. You're going to see a newer crop of younger coaches coming up. But another thing people need to consider, too, why would somebody like a Jimbo Fisher, Dabo Swinney, um, I'm trying to think of all of the hot names that have been attached to Rumor, but understand these guys are gods where they are. If Jimbo Fisher at FSU said, look, I need this, this, and this, do you not think that Florida State is not going to give him this, this, and this? Okay? If Dabo Swinney and Clifton, he goes to Clemson and says, I need this, this, and this, okay, no problem, because they've proven that they can win and they can bring championships. So why would these guys leave to go and, you know, establish a new relationship? If they're young, yeah. But coaches in their 40s, 50s, they're not looking to hop around. They're kind of looking for that one place where they can kind of stay and, and you know, retire. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you start looking at these coaches right now. Dabo Sweeney, really, I mean, I'm not a big Dabo fan. I know he 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 made the list as well. But if I hear, what's his name again uh, for Monday Night Football, what's his name, Chucky What's this coach name? If I John Green. Another coaching oh. job. Yeah, if I hear that again, I'm just going to shoot somebody. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> I'm tired of hearing every head coaching job comes up as, "Hey, we've got John Gruden." Really, you think he's going to leave Monday Night Football, making five million, or he? I think he's making more than that. Actually, I think he's making about eight million a year doing Monday Night Football. Yeah, he's going to leave and. Look Look at his brother, how bad he's getting pistol-whipped in the NFL. He wants to go through that kind of stress. No, nah, he's already been there and done that. But it's like, yeah. come on, guys. Les Miles is not a great, like, football mind to me. But one thing he has that a lot of coaches don't, those players love him. I mean, yep. the LSU players, 
They love last miles, and they'll play for him. Too bad they just couldn't play for him yesterday. But you know what? You, you see an undisciplined team. You look at coaching, but I, I don't think that last miles is fall. We've seen LSU year in and year out. Their names in the conversation for a national championship, at least preseason. Sometimes during sometime during the season, it's always there. You can't say that for all the Clemson and all these other teams. LSU is. Their, their problem is they play in the SEC West. That's that's LSU's problem, and, and they they're they're having to play Alabama on a year in a year out basis, and that's just been a team that they just can't get over the hump with ever since that that national championship game. But I think we have Sonny Clark with us. Sonny, is that you, buddy? What's going on, my friend? You're starting awful early, hey. man. I was watching the games, and then I saw I, I I moved away from my tablet, and I didn't know you were on. You've been on for an hour. Yes, we have. I had to start early tonight. It was either do no show or uh, or do it early. But what what do you think about all this coaching crap going on? LSU talking about firing Les Miles, Georgia talking about firing Mark Rick. I mean, what, what what's wrong with our society today to where you can't be satisfied? You have to win every season or fire a coach. Well, it it, it goes to show. But here's just the one thing on Les Miles. Les Miles hasn't. You're not looking at Les Miles in the championship. You know, top four. Heck, even uh, going towards the end of the year, they have a good. They have a good game every once in a while. They got beat though, really bad by Ole Miss. Uh, yesterday, and you know when you when you get beat by twenty one, three touchdowns. Uh, but here's one thing you got to understand: they were on the road as well. But Les Miles, you know, the let Les Miles go is really kind of silly because it goes back to what you were saying: who are they going to get? Who are they going to go out there that's going to go ahead and make the LSU uh, Tigers a better football player right or f- football team right now? without having to go and try to rebuild or do whatever they're going to do. I, I don't see – now, it's the same situation regardless whenever they will fire them. But right now, you know, LSU and Les Miles, you're right. The players like them, and they're, they're, but at the same time, it just all depends on where the AD is sitting at right now on where he wants to go with this football team and if he has anybody in mind as well. Hey, Sonny. This is a – this is a – this is a buyout of eleven. I think it's eleven million dollars or something they they owe, and maybe more than that if they if they get rid of last miles. So the boosters have already said they're willing to to cough up that money, and they don't have to pay it all up front. They they get to pay it out, you know, in a lump sum, or just do it year by year and hoping that he finds another job, which reduces it. But if last miles is not gonna. I don't think Les Miles is going into coaching, Sonny. I don't think he's going to leave LSU, get fired, oh, no. and go coach somewhere else. I think I think he's done once he's done, and he's going to sit there and collect that paycheck, Sonny. Why not? I, agree. I, I think, would. I think what I think what Les is going to do, and I, I really, honestly, if 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 the shock gets to the point where they call themselves going to fire him, if I were Les Miles, I would let them fire me. I would get that check because he's going to get paid for the next five years, and to and then take my butt. The ESPN somewhere because one thing about Les, Les has a great television personality. That's one thing about him. He is funny. He says so many, you know, he's kind of like Spur. You never know what Les is going to do or what he's going to say. Les could just sit on chill on Easy Street and do nothing but appear on television and get a free check. Can you imagine Spur and Les on the SEC? Oh, my God. I would tune into that show every single day. I would DVR that show. Yeah, but. 
Um, I just think Les Miles is a football coach. He's a he's a Big Ten. Sonny, you're you know he's a Michigan man. Any chance he comes back to the Big Ten if he leaves the SEC? I, yeah, I doubt it. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. I think he's going to go right there to, like you said, if you got something that you can bring to ESPN, Fox, or, or CBS, or whatever the case may be, he's not only going to get paid by LSU, he's going to get paid by the networks. And, you know, bringing in the, the amount of money, it, it, I, I think that in the back of his mind, maybe he's hoping he gets fired so he can just yep. collect both of those checks um, at, at the same uh, time. You want to get rid of me? me. That's, yeah, fire me. You want, Give me you want, eleven million dollars. Fire me. Yeah, pr- bring it on. I will be more than happy to oblige whatever you need to get done to make you feel good about this move. I, yeah, go ahead and do so. And, and here's the thing, though. And it goes back to the boosters. The boosters want to pay this thing. You know that that just goes to show how much boosters are really involved um, when Here it comes to to football and you know and it just goes to show what it can actually happen you know if the boosters are coming out and say we'll go ahead and pay less miles well why would the boosters be doing that if you don't think they won't do it for the coach you don't think that they're going to give some of those some of that money to the players she get the hell out of here i'm hey i may have been i was i I may have not i i was born but i wasn't born yesterday okay hold on add on to that this is deal. Chizik, Chizik, to me, if you're a coach and you're listening to this, call Gene Chizik. Get his lawyer's number right now. Call him right now because Gene Chizik, Gene Chizik is still getting paid from Iowa, Auburn. I think you guys, was it was it uh, this year or last year that your last payment to him? This man was getting three checks. He was getting one from Iowa State, I mean Iowa, uh, Iowa State, Iowa State, Auburn, and from ESPN. And then when one of the checks stopped, guess where he went? North Carolina. Guess what he's doing at North Carolina? Winning. <laughs> guess what he was doing when he got fired from when he left Iowa State with the Auburn and got fired? Winning. Because he was getting two checks and not have to deal with no boosters, no BS, no stress, no art. He was sitting at home in his drawers watching TV, laughing. That is what That's he was doing. <laughs> That's another Jay Jacobs mishap right there. But but it goes to show right now, like in this society, forget these long contracts because there's really about only a couple of coaches that, that you know would probably coach for free, and that's probably Saban would be one of them, Sonny. But why are we giving any coaches five-year deals, all this money to turn around and fire them a year later? Why not make them go year to year or every couple of years? Let's put a cap on it where you couldn't sign these big contracts for coaches like that because, you know, human nature is to, is to lay down once you get paid. If you're guaranteed money, why, why, why are you working 20 hours a day? Nick Saban does, but a lot of coaches wouldn't do that. A lot of coaches just kind of once they get that, that bank full, they, they kind of lose their hunger a little bit. Yeah, well, it, it's one of those things where it just depends on, you know, where you are in life as well. And, and I go to the guy I go to when I think about that is because I was around when they signed him is Miles Austin of the Dallas Cowboys when he was here. He used to be the superstar, superstar of this Dallas Cowboys <laughs> receiving. He signed that check and, and he went to, and he went home and played Madden for God's sake. He said, "Hell, I'll make yep. the money and play Madden all my." This guy, go. this guy. 
when you do when you do get the opportunity to sign that, there you're right. It's human nature to say just kick back instead of putting it out there each and every week. Um, you know, Miles Austin when he signed that contract, and then Jerry Jones refusing to get rid of him and still believe him. He's like, I got these motherfuckers right where I want, and, he, and that's where and that's what ended up happening. It, it, it's only human nature, but you know when it comes to college football and college coaches, you're not going to get them to do the one-year deals because of exactly what you were talking about, Tarfin, the 20-hour days, you know, putting in each year and year out, and then, you know, there's, you know, no need to do it 20 years if they're not going to, you know, go from one year to the next, putting in all those hours, it's not worth it. But if they know they're going to be there for a while with that guarantee, maybe they'll put a little more effort into it. That's the reasoning behind the the, the, the contract. And I'm all about it. If they're getting guaranteed money, why don't why doesn't my company? Then we all work. All of us have jobs. Why don't we? You know, I'm gonna sign with your company. I'm guaranteed five years this amount of money. Well, why do, why does my company not do that? Because they know I could lay down on the job. I could do this. I mean, it's the same thing in football, isn't it? I mean, it's a job. It's a profession. No, no, it's why different. It's different these guys all this money? You're. Rep- you're replaceable. No offense. I don't know you know necessarily what you do for a living, Tarvin, but everybody is replaceable. But when you're talking about college coaches, talking about football players, there's only so many people can fill those feet. Look at look at all these injuries that are going on in the NFL right now at the quarterback position. Guys, there's seven quarterbacks that can play this game on uh, on a uh, on a real high level. The rest of them all just suck nuts. All you got to do is take a look at Jay Cutler and know that. <laughs> I mean, so you, you, oh, you, when it comes to NFL quarterbacks and, and, and NFL coaching, same thing with college coaching. Not everybody can step in and do that. So, yeah, you know, for you and I, for them to go bust it and say, yo, Sonny, you know, it's been great you calling our games, but why don't you just leave? You know, we'll find someone else to do it. You know, we're expendable. When it comes to, you know, and looking at football and what it brings into a university, I read some nut thing that it was 65% of the funds that come into the college on those big colleges are coming from the football program. 65%? Probably more than that. Are they not running a school or what? I mean, what what the hell happened? Where's the money coming from the school and the tuition? You know, hey, so not hey, everybody you shut down football in Alabama and Auburn, if, if you shut down football at Alabama and Auburn, the state would disappear, seriously. It, I mean, it, it would be evaporate. Cricket. Crickets it would, would be, overtake the college. <laughs> it would be a freaking penal colony. It would just because everybody would move. And you do, you bring up a very, very great point, Sonny, uh, and, and you too, Darvin. But it's like, like in Alabama, Alabama has always, the football program has always, always been in the black. And of course, it increases with more wins, you know. But there's this LSU fan. I'm going to actually go to the group. I think I, um, I already did, Darvin. But he is so – he's hilarious, but he's very serious. He's like far less miles. He's got three videos. But he's got more than that. But the last three that I saw, he actually did one last night or after their loss to uh, Ole Miss. And he is so upset. Like, he's calling for him to get fired. And he's like, it's like $15 million if they fire him after January. It's only $12 million before December. Yeah, he needs Alabama to win so they can use our money. He said it's college football. What did he say? College football, child support. <laughs> he said college football, child support, and Les was on Coach Welfare to collect the check doing anything. But <laughs> those, kind of people, those aren't the 
those aren't the boosters. Those aren't the high-level money people. You know what I mean? Don't, for some reason, people seem to think that boosters think like these people. Just because you hear a bunch of fans saying it, it doesn't mean that the school or any of the boosters that support the school think the same thing. Of course, the media is going to go with whatever the hottest story is. And one uh-huh. thing about LSU, I looked at their, I looked at their budget. This was like two years ago. LSU, same thing. Just less. The Saban was there and left was there, boom, in the black, in the black, in the black. So you, do you really think that, this, that the, the, the powers that be at LSU are going to look over here and say, okay, wait a minute, even if we didn't win the national championship, look how much money he brings. Look at that recruiting yep. flag. Look at this. Yep. Look at that. Why in the world would we fire this man? Are you stupid? Les Miles getting fired would be a big mistake because here's another thing, and I just heard this, is Les Miles is actually kind of, you know, kind of beloved even within the boosters, although the boosters would be willing to get rid of him. Um, the boosters actually like this guy. Um, but yep. the problem is is when it gets to the final end of the year, like we always do right around week 13, 14, you know where you are as far as what's going on. And that's the problem with the national championship. That's the reason why this four-game playoff is the biggest joke in the world. They need to expand it to at least eight to where, you know, you know coaches, you know, like, like let's just say, you know, Michigan State, for goodness sake. Which, by the way, thank God they took care of the Buckeyes yesterday. Thank you yeah. very much. But yeah. we, we we could still talk about Michigan State running and going into the national championship and winning the national championship with that one loss. That was a crap call anyway. You can say whatever you want about the quote-unquote yeah. rules, but that was crap. But take away yeah. from that, you got teams that can go in there and do and make and make it ruffle it up a little bit. From teams five to eight, my God, how much fun is that going to be? Because you'll be looking for the upsets. You'll be looking for the Cinderella in, in in college football. It would be great for college football. By the way, it was nice to see Oklahoma State to finally go down. So all the ch- stupid talk about them being the number one team in the country could be put to rest too. <laughs> and, and, now, and now and now and now Oklahoma State's gonna beat Oklahoma, and then the whole Big 12 is going to be out of that playoff. But but you're right, Sonny. You know, you look at the NFL, you can lose a few games and, and still win a Super Bowl. In college, you yep. can have a bad game or a half or something. Your whole season could be over, and it's all about perception. What do, they, what do people think of you? And all you do is hear ESPN flap their gums about everything they know, and they don't know jack crap about anything. If you if you no, watch ESPN every day, you realize Joey Galloway and that other fool was sitting up there beside him. What's that, his name from Florida State? I'm sure Jonathan Cannell, knows his name very well. Cannell, Yeah, They know nothing about football at all. And it's sad because these guys actually play. Just because you play football, doesn't mean you know anything about it. Just because you were the best basketball player in the world doesn't mean you know how to own, run a franchise, buddy. I mean, that's, that's the funny thing. Jonathan, would you agree that your, your boy there from Florida State's a big homer, that's a, that's a moron? Well, I mean, we we kind of disowned Danny Cannell uh, a few years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, if y'all want to call him an idiot, and he's not a homer by any stretch of imagination. That's part of the reason why we disowned him was the way he just started attacking the university, especially during the whole Jameis thing. Uh, I mean, Danny Cannell can go away. 
he 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 can get on getting on. I mean, you didn't bring us a championship. You didn't win a Heisman. You didn't do nothing. All right, you got us almost there and blew it against Miami every time. So you know what, Danny, go go home. Ain't nobody want to hear from you. Hey, by the way, didn't didn't Michigan with the Ohio State losing yesterday? It hurt Michigan's chances of making the Final Four. Yeah. Even that nine and two, I know we shouldn't. But if if Ohio State would have won, I'm glad they lost. Don't get me wrong, because I love Michigan State. But here's the thing: it really kind of, in reality, devalued the game against Michigan and Ohio State. To whereas if Michigan beat Ohio State next week, I think they could be in contention for the top four. Yeah, they would have, but now they're out. I mean, you're right. Yep. Michigan State put 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 Michigan out, but the only way Ohio State can win is if Michigan State lost to Penn State and Ohio State beat Michigan, but then you're still sitting here with an Iowa team that nobody still talks about. It's funny. Iowa, to me, was a fraud, and I went and watched them yesterday, and I've watched some film on them since I've called them a fraud, and I'm starting to see a team that's not that bad, actually, that that nobody's talking about. People like me that sit there and think, oh, it's Iowa, it's Iowa. But everybody's still, nobody's talking about Iowa. Well, on this show, we haven't talked about Iowa. We talked about Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. Yes, ma'am. Dude, what you talking over here? It's Iowa. Dude, do you know their their first four games were non-conference? They played crappy, crappy and they won. Iowa is Indiana good State, Iowa. Iowa State, Pittsburgh, North Texas, exactly. uh, you Iowa. Know, in Illinois, Northwestern. Iowa is not that I mean, great. Yeah. They, I know, uh, they fundamentally sound. But they, they, I mean, they don't beat themselves. They play fundamentally. But what I'm talking about is like, when, I mean, they're just like forgotten. I mean, anybody, I've never seen a team that was, Besides Boise or somebody like that, of That's course. A, you were reading Houston. my mind. I was going to say they're Boise State or they're TCU <laughs> when they were in the whack. You know, that's what they are, which means that they couldn't carry the jocks of the big guys. Iowa is going to come out, and they're going to get beat by whoever they – now, this is the thing. If Iowa wins all the way out, if they're in the Final Four, and they end up going to the National Championship game, I'll give them credit, okay? But – yeah, but I'm like, I don't expect to see that because the one thing about Iowa, when you watch Iowa, Minnesota has a good team. Minnesota's big problem is they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a great quarterback. Liger is not that great. But that D is on it. With Minnesota playing Iowa, Minnesota sucks. They settled with it like the first two quarters, I think it was, and they, you know, they showed up. If any good team that has a good D will easily beat Iowa. Iowa only has yeah. Nebraska only next week. Nebraska's going to bury them. I mean, it's going to get ugly in reality. At Nebraska, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, Nebraska ain't beating them, y'all. Nebraska ain't winning that game, y'all. Y'all come back off that. Nebraska ain't winning that game. Oh, you think Iowa's going to beat Ohio uh, or Iowa? I think Iowa's going to beat Nebraska, yes. Wow. That's some love right there. Have you watched Nebraska this year, Sonny? Have you I have, I have watched him. They got three I have wins. Watched. Is it going to be undefeated Iowa? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, Come I go on. back to the undefeated Iowa. Illinois State, Iowa State, Pittsburgh, North Texas. Why don't you play someone that has something inside their jock before you start talking about them billing for the national championship? You, you know, That's Pitt, what Pitt, I want to say. Pittsburgh ain't a bad team. Northwestern ain't a bad team. 
Wisconsin ain't a bad team. I mean, we we just looking at it now going over oh, the Big Ten sucks because Ohio State lost. Uh, no, sorry, that's not a fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's best Iowa. That's fine. <laughs> Iowa's eleven and zero. Okay, and end the discussion. In the Big Ten, they're eleven and zero. Did they get to avoid the Big Three? Yeah, but they are eleven and zero in the Big Ten. Hey, nobody well, so else was can, Boise. Can Boy, Boise State was eleven. They finished undefeated and didn't even get into. You, you can't know, compare they, uh, it, the whack to the Big Ten. Stop it. Oh, oh, I can't. I, I can because sometimes, sometimes the whack, depending <laughs> on what team it is, they can go in and they can mop up the Big Ten. And I've watched the Big Ten for the last twenty years, and they're susceptible to teams that are really good in the whack. And they have a hard time with them. And that's one of the problems. And, and that's why, I mean, come on. Come on. I, Illinois State, Iowa State, Pittsburgh, North Texas. Okay? If Hold you on. Wait, say- wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. My Big Ten hubby, my Big Ten hubby wants to say something. But before he starts, let me just say this. Uh, while we're talking about undefeated Big Ten, Big Ten team, was not Ohio State undefeated until yesterday? Yes, which thank okay, goodness then. they lost. Right. <laughs> okay, but wait a minute, hold on. That was the first time they played a ranked team, they lost. But now Jason wants to say what he has to say. I just want to bring that little point up. Hold on. All I got to say about Iowa is, and bear in mind, this is my own division, and I'm knocking my own division. They got 13-0 and in the worst division of NCAA football. Period. Nah, the SEC East is worse. No, no, no. You put any of those teams in the East, they finish in the top tier of our freaking division. Guaranteed. I don't agree with that. I mean, I've seen Vanderbilt. I've seen South Carolina play. No, 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 no. Are you saying the Citadel is going to beat Iowa? Are you saying the Citadel is going to beat Iowa? Are they going to eat some, like, steroid fuel corn or something? Finds a bone every once in a while, especially okay, when they're blind. Okay. Let me ask you this, Jonathan. Let me ask you this question. Do you think Iowa could beat Alabama? Uh, you, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. That, 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 okay, that you think could be a dog fight. I don't trust Bama. Make Coker throw the ball. Let's see what happens. Make Coker throw the ball. Let's see what happens, Sonny. You know I'm right. Friday. We'll we'll settle the argument after Friday after Nebraska ends up beating Iowa and then we could we, we could we can continue with that one because no, I I don't know. Can Iowa beat FSU? You think I'm going to give you a good answer on that one? 
<laughs> I'll just ask you. I'll ask you. Hey, come on. Love- That'd be like me asking you, hey, hey, could an NFL team beat Alabama? Well, no. Well, of course you're going to say no. You're not Alabama fan. Yeah, they can beat But I think Notre Dame is is overhyped because they're Notre Dame. Okay, yeah, that that's the problem, and and that's the problem when you get too much exposure, i.e. Dallas Cowboys, where people honestly think that they can come back and win this freaking division. It's because of overexposure, and and that's what you get with with Notre Dame. I I think I, you know I think Iowa can beat Notre Dame definitely, but the other three yeah. or the other two, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, guys, I've, we've had some great conversation tonight, and I hate to cut this this show off after an hour and 40 minutes. We've had some good times, but we're going to have a show Wednesday or Thursday, um, okay. maybe Thursday night, and we're going to talk some rivalry football. But, guys, thank you all for joining me. I'm sorry I'm having to do the show early and cut it short. But, guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, make sure you Try to get some sleep to feel better like, so you can go to work. I will. You guys be good. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Take care, guys.